You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Efridge. Well, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we are having straightforward, honest conversations about marriage, sex, how those two blend together, how, how those two sometimes are frustrating, what gets in the way, what makes things better, and anywhere that may lead. So we are glad that you're with us. Thanks for taking time out of your day to spend a little bit of time with us. We also love hearing from people. You can send us emails at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, give us any kind of review. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review. That helps spread the word and climb the charts because we love having new people join the Sexy Marriage crowd because they are the absolute sexiest people out there. So, Shannon. Hey, Corey. How are you, girl? Well, I'm a little bit better. You know that I've been wrestling with shingles for yes. the past month, but I, I, I just have to give myself a little, I, I'm going to break my shoulder, patting myself on the back a little bit, even though I have felt like crap, sorry, I just don't really know what other expletive right. to use. I, I have felt very under the weather for a, a solid month, but I'm amazed at how much you can accomplish lying in bed. And I'm not talking about emails or reading or watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. simply saying that I have asked my husband for more massages for my back and shoulder yeah. uh, with all of this going on. And so I have not let this put a damper on my sex life, by golly. And well I am done. proud of myself for that. Well done. <laughs> it would have been easy just to be like, sorry, I don't feel like it. Yep. It was like, no, anything to distract me from the pain. Give me some pleasure, baby. So uh, <laughs> special thanks to my husband, who has been such a trooper. I mean, you think about it. A month is a long time. It is. I give you props, girl, for the times that we get together to do a show, <laughs> and you are like, hey, how are you? I'm sorry. I'll get going. Hold on. Let me kind of get going. And then by the time we hit record, you're raring to go. I love it. You're up, yeah. and, up and around. I, I, I've had some um, some drunken stupors lately just trying to get off of the painkillers and all that jazz. But, um, yeah, I, I have just... I, I'm ready to turn a corner, and yeah, you know, I, I realize that not all of our listening audience are are necessarily praying people, but I would like to ask for prayers, mm -hmm. and I would like to ask for those just just send up a thought for me. You yep. know, just I'm 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 really like when Greg gets sick within two or three days, I'm like, okay, that's enough of this. You need to get on your feet. You need to get moving. And yep. so now I just feel so convicted. It's like, Shannon, you have such little compassion and now look at what all you're needing from him. And he's just been so happy to do it. So for all those servant spouses out there, we just want to say, yay, we're so grateful for you, which reminds me of an email that we received from a gal named Jamie. Uh, she said she wants to thank us for the most recent episode about stereotypes. And she said, particularly Shannon's shout out to the men working so humbly to provide for and nurture our children, never asking for thanks. And she goes on, she says that she listened to this episode while she was driving to pick up the kids and going to take them for ice cream. And she says, what a revelation. She said, I went home and immediately thanked my husband for all that he does. 
all that he does silently Mm -hmm. without even needing recognition or praise. He had worked all day too, but he cleaned up the dinner dishes. He played Play-Doh with the kids and told them four bedtime stories. He had scooped up the baby from my arms right away when I walked in the door. She said, though I've never viewed him as useless, it's still amazing to be reminded of all that a man does for his family and all the ways that we never think to remember. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, I join her in saying big shout out to the men who serve us so wholeheartedly. Thank you, thank you, thank you, gentlemen. Well, and I got to say the same thing to the ladies, and that it's amazing how how often you can just take things for granted and you don't even notice the role they play until you step back and go, "Hey, wait, they do. Oh, I do like that." And man, that, and so I think it's, it, it is both ways. So shout out to the ladies and the wives as well. Yeah, so let's talk about a show on taking things for granted. Let's do it right now. Okay. <laughs> I, I sense a soapbox coming on from both of us because I think that this is something that kind of ruffles both of our feathers as professionals. Uh, let's talk about investing in your marriage. Okay. Like putting things, putting down things that distract you and you know, choosing to put your money where your mouth is, choosing to make your marriage a priority because so oftentimes we hear from people and it's just, it's almost like blood curdling how <laughs> they have put their marriage on such a shelf. And yeah. then they're questioning why aren't they being responsive and why aren't we having a stronger relationship? And it's like, well, why have you let this dynamic go on for so long? For example, there was a guy who emailed recently and his big question is, is Facebook destroying his marriage? Because his wife works full time. And when they both come home from working all day, she spends over an hour on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, does she spend over an hour face-to-face with him or just side-by-side, you know, doing something together, mm-hmm. watching something together, holding each other, talking, anything? Or is Facebook getting the best of her leftover energy after work? Well, and I, it's, it's more than just her, isn't it, in this whole world of social media distraction? Well, it, that- it, did, make, it did make me wonder... Does he just go do something else and let her do the Facebook thing without saying, hey, come and spend some time with me? Yeah. Is is he really wooing her and pursuing her? Yeah, I don't or is she just doing Facebook because he's busy doing something too? Right. Like, well, is he passively expecting her to pursue him instead of being aggressive and pursuing her? Yeah, who knows? Who but knows? That, but that is an interesting question because, I mean, I, I spoke yesterday at a, at a youth – uh, parent meeting and it was I was supposed to do a little 10 minute corner kind of thing on uh, helping helping parents with adolescents navigate the world of social media because the world that kids live in teenagers live in today social media is king you know that's mm-hmm. that's how they connect it's a great topic to speak on and largely it's that way because you know when you and I were kids we had places we could go hang out like the mall and things right. like that where we or would even go. just a tree house in the backyard of a friend sure but yeah. the malls today do not allow kids to congregate and hang out there for long periods of time. They'll Aww. they'll be they'll be shuffled on because the game room has gone away because everybody carries it in their pocket. Right. You I know? remember the video game. Right. Arcade. The arcade is yes. gone. So I, I was trying to do a framing of okay, wait. That's where for for teens. That's why social media is so important, and that's also for a lot of adults. That's why social media is so important. It's where we get our connection. But what was interesting is right before I went up to speak, the youth minister was kind of setting the stage and doing a couple of little uh, introductory kind of things, 
I'm scanning the audience and watching probably about 30% of the audience on their phone on while their phone. he's talking. <laughs> and they're texting. One was doing, because I kind of walked around to see what people were doing. And these were the adults, not the teens. And and so when I started, I went into this, okay, if you have an interest in curbing the amount of time your kids spend on social media and on their phone, you got to start yourself and deciding what do you do what do you model and isn't that so to me when we're talking about investing in our marriages and how lots of times people take it for granted because that's what my business is built on is people finally come to therapy because they've taken things for granted or or let something less rest too long yeah so i'm sitting there thinking Wait, this is more than just your marriage, too. This is also your life. And that's this is the thing that's so puzzling to me, Shannon. You know, if you woke up one morning and all of a sudden you could not move your right arm, would you just go about your day going, ah, it'll be okay. It'll it'll come back. <laughs> I would be making a beeline to the emergency exactly. room. Exactly. But, you know, if I, if I wake up one day and I'm really, really frustrated and I, and it kind of clicks, you know, my wife and I, we have not been getting along for a long time. What is it that makes it to where it's so easy for us to say, ah, well, it must just be a season or it'll, it'll be all right. Or it'll blow over. Yeah. It, it, she'll be fine. And you know, no, <laughs> it's not, that doesn't or, happen. Or they think, well, it, you know, I, I was the one who kissed and made up last time. It's their turn. Right. They, they put the ball in the spouse's court, expecting them to return it instead of being proactive and right. pursuing uh, unity and harmony and connection. Yeah. Well, and it, it, or at least just being honest and saying, hey, you know what? There's a problem. Yeah. There's a problem between us. And I love, but, you know, people reach out to us with, at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com and share that you know, share what's going on. One of my questions to those of you that do email and share your problems, have you shared that with your spouse? I so often wonder that when, when I'm getting into like the fourth and fifth paragraph of somebody unpacking the history of what they perceive has uh -huh. been happening in their relationship, I kind of go, hmm, does your spouse see yep. it through the same do lens? They know? Do they even know that yep. you see it through this lens? Have you CC'd them on your email to us? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because yeah, that's, we, we can't, we can't fix your marriage. We right. can give you some tools to help you fix your marriage. Right. But yeah, <laughs> this is a real soapbox for both of us. It I is. Know. It is. And, and I'm skewed right now. I mean, we talked about this off the air, but you know, cause I've been doing simplemarriage.net for seven years today on the day we're recording this. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it started just kind of as a hobby. And then three years in, it turned into a little bit of a side business and it's grown and there's ebbs and flows. And right now it's in a little bit of an ebb with some of the different courses I offer. And there's not as there's not the traction that it's been because there's been a conditioning of, I don't know, maybe because of social media and the wealth of information out there, we've kind of helped people realize or think that stuff can be done for free. Yeah. And so I'm running into this, you know what? I'm sick of free. Because there's so much more value that needs to be given and is available. Right. But are people willing to invest? And I love that phrase because that's exactly what it is. It's an investment in your life and in your marriage and in your family. Well, and a lot of times people look at counseling or like a, a special marriage program like you're talking about or whatever as an expenditure. Right. 
but when you invest rather than just spend, when you invest, you can always expect there, there's going to be interest. Right. Come back to you. Like right. It's going to grow. Like right. whatever you invest is going to grow. It's going to become more valuable. So you have to kind of listen to us married to our CPAs and we're trying to explain the principles of investment. <laughs> we should get, th- we should get them on the show. <laughs> yeah. My husband is probably cringing right now going, Oh, good grief. I can't believe that you're trying to explain it so awkwardly. Right. But yeah, I mean, you know, what, like when I invest money into a stock or a bond or, you know, whatever it is that we invest in, I expect that that's going to grow. And in a year from now, it's going to be a little bit more money. And in 10 years from now, it's going to be a lot more money. And 50 years from now, God willing that we're both still on the planet, that it's going to be a gob lot of more money. And that's how you have to look at marriage counseling is that it's not just a check that you write and up that money went down the drain. No, if you are really invested uh, and you are listening to your counselor and you are putting those principles into practice and you're using the tools that they put in your tool belt, it is an investment that will pay off over and over and over again. I have seen couples and I know that you've seen it too, Corey. I've seen couples come into my coaching office and they are days away from filing for for divorce. Oh yeah. And within three months or six months, they are renewing their vows Mm -hmm. and they have a vision for what they want their marriage to look like. And they're like newlyweds. They're they're just giddy over each other. And, and it's like, wow. And that only costs them a few hundred bucks, you know, a few, a few sessions to let me teach you what you're, what you're doing from an aerial view to destroy this relationship and what you can do to repair it. Why wouldn't people invest in that if right. their marriage was crumbling or if, or if it was just, you know, don't wait until it's it's crumbled and now you're just working through the rubble. Right. Why not get pre- some preventative medicine? What I love are the couples who come to me every few months just for a checkup, just like you take your car into the yep. shop for a, an oil change every you know few thousand miles just to make sure that it's maintained properly. Why don't we treat relationships, marriage and family like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the whole enrichment and preventative stuff is always cheaper than waiting until afterwards. And isn't it much easier as a counselor or a coach to approach it from that standpoint? Yeah. When when they come in going, we're, you know, if you don't help us, we're going to divorce court by the end of the week. That's a lot of pressure. Um, Why, you know, why would they wait till that point? Yeah. Yeah. And that's... that's the struggle because people, you know, continue to wait six years to reach out for professional help on average. That's what research shows. Well, it, it, I've, I've actually had a, a meeting recently with a gal. I won't go into detail until I ask her permission to do so, but 25 years of marriage and she's never had an orgasm. Yeah. And it's like, why would you wait 25 years? Yeah. And you can imagine how disillusioned, discouraged, and just, you know, his ego is just dragging so low that he's never been able to bring his wife to this point and that she's grown so sexually disinterested and frustrated and all that jazz. It's like, why, why wouldn't you come in six months into the marriage and you still haven't had an orgasm or, you know, no more than a year. Right. Why would you wait 25? Right. But bless their hearts. At least they're getting help now. So, you know, yeah, yay. And yay. Yeah. I'm, I know. I know it's a courageous step to step up and say, you know what? I want some help on this. And I know it's a courageous step to say that to your spouse, to to say, you know what? I'm going to go get some help on this. I want somebody else's perspective. I want, I want somebody else's take 
I want to read some more information. I want to sign up for something. And it, that, that takes courage, and I applaud that. But that's, that's it. That's not enough. I mean, we, we got to do it. If, that's, if you're not serious about it, it's not going to change. Yeah. And sometimes you do need that third-party mediator yep. to help you see the other person's perspective because you've been hearing them say the same thing for so long that you're probably tuning them out. And you're so blue in the face from saying the same dang thing over <laughs> and over that they're just like, blah, 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 watermelon, cantaloupe, watermelon, cantaloupe. They don't want to hear you either. But to hear somebody else reframe that and help you truly understand what your spouse is thinking, what they are feeling, and the implications of that, yeah. that is that is huge. And yeah. then to help you understand what you need to be doing to create that feeling of safety and security and connectedness that, that you both long to feel, that is absolutely huge. But you have to be willing to invest, whether that's financially, time-wise, energy, uh, making things a priority, writing things on your calendar. I, you know, one of my pet peeves is when my husband's phone goes off in the middle of a conversation or whatever, and it's usually some sort of sports alert or something like that. And I'm just like, oh, good grief, but you know, whatever. But I actually love it when his phone goes off and I happen to glance at it and it says, 6 p.m., connect with your wife. 6 p.m., <laughs> talk to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> If he has to set alarms to remind himself, grand, more power to him. That yeah. doesn't affect me at all. Well, but he, even the whole concept, let's take this to where, let's take it out of the context of professional help and resources and just put it in the context of investing in your relationship with your time, with your money, go on dates, travel, do things together that shows your spouse that they're, they're a priority to you. Yes. I mean, yes. all of that fits. That's the where we started with this idea of Facebook getting in the way. I mean, how many couples are there out there that when they come home, it's so routine and it's so just regular scheduled programming in the sense that, okay, we do dinner. Now I'm running a kid this way. You're running a kid that way. We get them in bed. You're on the iPad reading or playing a game. I'm watching a game or doing something, and then we go back to bed. And then, you know, weeks into it, I'm wondering, how come we haven't connected? You know, and it's, wait, have I ever changed what I'm doing to try to put pressure on them? And then beyond that, have I ever spoken up to them and said, you know what? I feel like you love Facebook more than you love me. Mm. I mean, that's a whole different ball game as opposed to, well, maybe there's little subtle things I could bring this. How could I bring this up without being mean or how could, you know, <laughs> and it's just, yeah. that's where and I've shared the story in the past. I'm assuming I've done this on this show. I know I've done it in, in some of the courses or chances I've had to speak that, you know, through the first several years of my marriage, our sex life with my wife and I was really one-sided in that, in that it was selfishly aimed at me. And mm. so it became so much easier for Pam to just say, I don't like sex. Than for her to say, I don't like sex with you because I don't get much out of it. It's all, mm -hmm. you're selfish, you know, and you don't, you're not a good lover, dude. And well, that's harsh, but it was also true. But wouldn't you rather have heard that back then? Yeah. Then she's still feeling it now. Yeah. At least it gave you the opportunity to carefully examine what you're doing and what you weren't doing so that you could become Pam's dream lover. Well, it's also, think of it, whenever we're confronted with truth, most of the time, our, our, our immediate reaction, knee-jerk reaction to it is defensiveness, right? That was like, no, no, no. But there's also usually a part of us that's going, hold on a sec. I'm, that's true. You know what? I do pick that over you. Or I do have, uh, that is more important 
than you right now. And, and it's our willingness to be honest with ourselves first to say, you know what? My spouse has a pretty good read on me, <laughs> you know? So what does that say about me? What does that say about us? And what do, what's my role in that? What do I need to do different? Because that's when the best in us rises up to confront ourselves and then situations between us. Yeah. And, and the whole thing of uh, putting pressure on your spouse to connect with you, that can be done in such a subtle way that mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like pressure at all. Like I remember we moved into this house. Uh, Greg was spending a lot of time in the backyard building his little greenhouse. It's just kind of one of his hobbies that he really enjoys doing. That's his way of decompressing when he comes home from a long day of work as he goes out to his greenhouse. Well, I remember feeling pretty resentful that he was spending so much time at work and out in the backyard that right. I hardly ever saw him because he wouldn't come in until the sun went down. Right. And then one day it, it dawned on me that what I was doing, I could be doing from anywhere. So I just went and got one of our camping chairs out of the garage and unfolded it in the backyard so mm -hmm. I could just be where he was. Mm -hmm. And that meant a lot to him. Yeah. And it meant a lot to me. Yeah. Just to watch him, just to watch him take so much joy in what he's doing. So rather yeah. than kill his joy and drag him in to be with me, I went to be with him. Well, and it's the same thing that happens if, <laughs> let's say you have a spouse that is is the sole breadwinner. So that means they have the pressure of on them to provide for the family, which can oftentimes goes unspoken that there's additional pressure to it. Even if they got a good job, there's still that, wow, this is, this is all on me. And it's a lot of pressure. Right. And so that could mean long hours at work, but yep. who is to say it's not a situation where you could figure out a way to go have lunch with them every so often and just change it up. Oh, okay. Well, Hey, I want to meet you for lunch. Yeah. That, and, that, that's huge. I mean, what, Pam and I try to do that once a week if we can. Just, I mean, we both are working, so we're both kind of running around. But, you know, dinner, our kids are distracting us most every time we eat dinner together because <laughs> they're right. there. So I'm like, hey, you got lunch plans today? Let's meet. And I'll I'll drive over or she'll meet me and, and we'll try to steal, you know, 45 minutes together just to have lunch and connect. And then we're back to our work day and we see each other later that night. But it's just a simple way to go you know it's like what you're talking about meet them where they are too right it's a great investment mm -hmm. and and i'm i'm gonna try not to again break my arm uh patting myself on the back here but it does remind me of another day last week when i was feeling just like it was the height of my wretchedness with these shingles things and um it was cold and rainy and the idea of getting out it just was not gonna happen and so I, I was thinking, you know, I want to spend time with Greg, but I don't want to go out and go to a restaurant for lunch or anything like that. So I texted him and said, do you have lunch plans? Do you want to come home for lunch? Yeah. And so he came home. I had soup and grilled cheeses ready, and we were able to sit in front of our fireplace and have a quick bite of lunch and then go make love and then just lay there for another 20 minutes before we had to be back at work. And I just looked at him and I said, you know, for over three years, you have worked one mile down the road. Why have we never done this before? <laughs> yeah. Why are, why are we always thinking we have to go out to a restaurant or, you know, I took him on the picnic the one time, but you know, it's like, wait a minute, just coming home for yeah. lunch. Yeah. That, that, that's duh. That's, that's a no brainer. Yep. It didn't cost us a dime, yep. but it was so luxurious. And for him to go back to work, well-fed, uh, satis sexually satisfied and rested after a little cat nap, he was just like, he felt like a million bucks. <laughs> Ching <laughs> to invest. It doesn't, yes. it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't even require money, but intentionality. I think that that's what it all boils down to. It is. is be 
intentional about creating the connection that you long to experience. Don't just get mad at your spouse for not connecting with you. You connect with them. Yep. And so maybe let's just give them a challenge, Corey. Everybody listening, we want you to get a, a pen and a piece of paper, or let's be real, get out your cell phone and open the notes page and finish this sentence. In order to connect with my spouse more regularly, I probably need to put down the blank. Okay. That's good. Fill in the blank. Is it the remote control to the television? Is it your cell phone? Is it Facebook? Is it your laptop? Is it spider solitaire? What What is it? What is it that you gravitate toward on autopilot instead of toward your spouse? Right. I There's like the it. challenge. I like There's it. There's the challenge. And now, Corey, let's make sure that they are aware of what we offer in the way of the major marriage help. You know, if, it, if they need something beyond just putting down the remote control, what's available to them uh, from your perspective? And then I'll, I'll tell them about Women at the Wall workshops. Yeah. Um, Unpack simple marriage. Unpack marriage on one. What is it? What okay. does it look like? What do they do to jump on board? Right. So the the main the flagship course that is part of simple marriage is called Married Life Nine One One, and it is an eight week course that you get systematic processing of what's happening in marriage. It's because I one of the fundamental beliefs I have with married life is the idea that there are dynamics at play in every single marriage that are the same. And the main premise of that is that the marriage is working on you more than you work on it. Mm. And so if you will be willing to look at how your relationship with your spouse is working on you and confront those things and do things better because of that, by as you grow up, you'll change dramatically what your marriage is going on and what, what happens in your marriage. And so it's an eight-week course that just walks you straight through that process. And with it, you get support from a community that's already gone through it or a community that's going through it and interaction with me. And so it's just, it's a course that's available at any time. You start whenever you want. You do it at your own pace because you have lifetime access to this. And you just get, I've had several couples that have gone through it multiple times and talk about each time they've done it, it's it's been better because they have a different lens and it's kind of a di different depth to it. Um, then I also have one that's specifically aimed at your sex life, which is called Sex Like You're on Vacation. And it's the same kind of concept, but it's a four-week course just to kind of help you reframe your sex life through a different lens. And then there's also the whole, I work with people one-on-one -on -one via online or in my office here in McKinney. So that's the crux of what I do. And it doesn't have to be face-to-face -face in McKinney, Texas, though, right? No, it's I do. If, if they live in New Jersey, yep, how I, how can they get your guidance? Well, I work with couples via webcam all the time from all over the world. And that's what's fascinating to me is that I get a chance to work with people from the other side of the world sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's couples therapy via webcam. That's the best way I know to do it. It's The best is being face-to-face, -face, you know, like you do with your interactions with the woman at the well and and some of the coaching you get with people, but it still is very it's productive. Not always, right. Yeah, it's not always possible. Right. And I agree. I, the webcam stuff that I do with people across the world, I, I still think it's incredibly yep. effective. It is. It does. It there's. It's a great resource for those that don't have good resources in their area. Yeah. And I love that you have noticed common patterns among marriages because this is not your first marriage rodeo. Like, how, how many years have you been married and how many years have you been doing marriage well, counseling? I've been married for 21 and a half now. It will be 22 in May. And Man. then been doing full-time private practice and just working with people since 2002. So, what, coming up on 13 years? 13 years. years. Awesome. 
Awesome. So what kind of time investment would this eight week course be? Like how many hours a week would well, they be? If actually you stay, yeah, if you stayed with the structure of it, because there's new material every seven days. And on average, what I've heard from people and the feedback I get is uh, if you if you can invest two or three hours each each week, you'll get quite a bit out of it. If you can invest more, you'll get more out of it. And the other cool thing, Shannon, is if your spouse isn't interested, they don't have to be a part of it. it oh, it, wow. It can be just you and you'll change and improve things just by you. And what will happen is as you start learning new things, this is what's happened more times than not when I've had a spouse go through it solo, is their spouse that's not participating about five a week five or so, sometimes a little sooner, will mm -hmm. say, okay, what do you, what's going on? And then I'll get an email saying, can you get my spouse access to? And I'm yeah. like, absolutely. Because it's two for it. one. Yeah, because it's two for one. You pay for you pay to get in and you both are in. So love it. They can. Uh, so I'll add the spouse and the spouse can kind of start wherever they want or they can get kind of caught up. And that way you're both then are speaking the same language. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, with Women at the Well, it's an opportunity for women to come together with eight to 10 women total in my living room. And we spend four solid days unpacking our histories and looking at all of the ways where negative emotions have left us traumatized. We look at uh, fear. We look at anger. We look at sadness. And then by the fourth day, we're able to move on to gladness because we don't realize that it's all these negative emotions that we were never taught how to process that push us in really unhealthy directions usually one of two directions. They either push us towards sexually acting out, doing things that we never thought in a million years that we would do. That's just so not in line with our character, or it pushes us toward shutting down, becoming sexually anorexic, becoming mm -hmm. totally aversive to wanting any kind of sexual intimacy with our spouse. And so the goal over this four day span of time is to help you find a healthy sexual balance somewhere in the middle where you're a very interested and motivated sex partner but only with your husband mm -hmm. and not with anyone else. And so women come in as women at the well of just, you know, thirsty for answers and to figure out why do I do what I do? And they leave here well women and they are ready to just go and wring out all that they've soaked up, not just with their husbands, but to other women, because we know that women, I mean, in, in our, in our society, men who have sexual experiences, they're praise of, Oh, isn't he a stud, but women, <laughs> are labeled with all kinds of, well, isn't she a slut? Isn't she a whore type of thing? And even those labels themselves can hinder us from freely enjoying our sexuality. So to be in a community of women where we're cheering each other on to become sexually healthy creatures, uh, it's really encouraging. And it allows women just to shuck all of the, um, you know, just the emotional residue of negative social or ne negative sexual experiences in the past. So People have been sexually abused in the past, people who uh, were pr promiscuous in their teenage years, or people who grew up in very legalistic homes and were taught, good girls don't, good girls don't, and that was the end of the discussion. Right. And there was never really anything good said about the power that a woman holds with her sexuality to to foster a great marriage. Th these are the types of, of um, mental tapes mm -hmm. that we rewind, examine, and re-record so that we can send them home as sexually confident wives and just free of guilt and shame and inhibition. And I love the format that you follow, Shannon, of, of doing that in a group of other people because there's something restorative and, and powerful by having other people present yes. in that vulnerable state that allows you to kind of in, enlighten and enrich each other in ways you didn't even... I mean, because you, I can imagine that... A woman shows up and she feels damaged. She feels 
hurt. She feels, uh, you know, dead inside. But she can en enrich somebody else just by her mere presence that yes. she doesn't even know she's capable of. And now that then helps her and, because she and, sees how she helps others. Right. And when it comes out as they're being so nurturing to everybody else in the group, but then they realize how hard they are on themselves. Yep. And it's like, okay, how about turning some of that nurturing inward yep. to your hurting little girl inside? Yeah, it's true. We are wounded in relationship. Therefore, we're more likely to be healed in relationship. So when you can go through this experience as a group, women leave here going, this was the equivalent of like six months of individual counseling. Yeah. To sit in a room with other women with the exact same goals that, that this was an invaluable experience. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's 800 bucks, but Hey, that would only get you about six or seven hours worth of one-on-one -on -one counseling. You're getting four straight days yep. and it, it is definitely a life changer, a marriage changer, a game changer. I love it. I yeah. love it. And that's, that's what I hope everybody gets from this is that there's resources available for people and it doesn't matter where you are because there's help available. Yeah. And, and hey, Corey, one more shout out. Uh, speaking of sex, like you're on vacation, we are so grateful to hear from so many people who have responded to our idea of let's do a sexy marriage radio conference or summit or yeah. workshop or whatever saying, yeah, I'm on board a vacation to focus on our sex life. Corey <laughs> and I are working on that. Yes, we are. So it's in the works. for that too. All right. Absolutely. We'll let you know some dates, hopefully sometime soon. Yep. So I, I just really want to say straight out, this is, this is from my heart. Get help when you need it. Be honest, be upfront, and realize, hey, if I let things coast, it's going to fall apart. Yeah, and the saying that if you think that, that counseling is expensive, just wait until you see the price tag of divorce. Yep. <laughs> it's yes. very true. <laughs> it is very true, sadly. So, hey, we're here to help. I mean, that's what Sexy Marriage Radio is all about, is we, we truly want to help. And this is a way that we can kind of start the conversations, and that's what we want to have happen. So... If there's something that we can help you with directly, please let us know. We'd be happy to. Feedback at SexyMarriageRadio.com. Once again, thanks for taking some time out with us. We hope that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, it turns into a great, fabulous day. See you next yep. time. We love you for listening.